1: everyone, and welcome into Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports, I'm joined today by a special guest, Clara Watkins, the Just Women's Sports superstar, staff writer, and newsletter queen. Happy to have you on the show today for our weekend recap of NWSL Week 4. Uh, if everyone wants to say hello to Claire in the chat, make sure you say hello, give a little wave uh, in case you're joining us live this morning. A reminder that you could subscribe to us on YouTube, but we're also a podcast, so follow, like, and download so
0: that you never miss an episode. Claire, good morning. Good morning, Sandra. Thank you so much for having me on. And what a weekend to recap, honestly. It's... Uh...
1: Nothing like uh, nothing like having you on as a guest for the first time with Attacking 3rd for the JWS A3 collab, but uh, the first set of matches in NWSL that come off of, like, midweek games. And I was like, this feels right. This feels right.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the word I would not use is, like, control. I didn't always feel yeah. like every game was in a lot of control, but that did lead to some pretty incredible wide-open stuff. So... <laughs>
1: weather we had some weather going on yeah. we had some we had a lopsided score line let's just call it like it is there's a lot to get through but uh i think what we should do is probably start with the game that's probably the most fresh um in everyone's mind we're talking about uh, the Soul clash angel city fc versus san diego wave angel city dropping the bag in this one san diego wave continuing to tighten their grip on the SoCal region 2 zero wave are the winners in this one, late game goals, Sophia Jacobson in the 70th minute, Mackenzie Donnie 75th minute. Uh, I had San Diego as the winners in this pick. I know you didn't join us for our preview of this Claire, but um, when we were talking about it a little bit on the preview, Lisa and I, I was just kind of like, you know, there's not a lot of history to go on here with these two teams. Cause they're literally only in their second year of existence. But just kind of felt like even with all of the, the Julie Ertz of it all that San Diego, Casey Stoney, she was going to have her team ready to go uh, on the road in, in uh, the BMO Stadium. And I ended up going with the Wave. Uh, but that's not to say that I didn't like, uh, that I did not like what I saw from Angel City. I thought uh, you don't ever want to say like this one player is going to solve so many things. And yet. Julie Ertz exists.
0: Yeah. I, you know, Julie Ertz is, is really interesting in, you know, I thought she had a good, I mean, she played 72 minutes. That's the most we've seen her play. in in a long time, I thought that she had some great moments. I thought she had some moments where I was like, Oh, first game back. And, but I've never seen a player that influences the players around her quite like Julie Ertz. It's incredible how you slot her into a midfield and it's not just her, it's everything around her kind of changes. So I thought Savannah McCaskill played with a little bit more confidence. I thought you saw the outside backs get forward a little bit more. There are just some things about the Angel City system that I just thought suddenly worked a little bit better with Ertz in there. And I think it'll only continue to improve as she gets her legs back. Um, but no, I don't think you were wrong also as well to pick San Diego, not only because you know they've shown themselves to be able to win games, but the way that they're just so tough to beat, like they weathered the storm and came right back. And that's like a thing that they did that twice this week. Right. This was just kind of a thing that they do now.
1: Yeah. So like, I was, I was a little like, okay, so some of these games are going to maybe feel a certain type of way. Like we're going to have the first week where maybe we're going to have those matches rolling through on a weekend. And it's going to feel like, okay, like this, this game has like a a midweek match vibe. Um, And I, I kind of felt that there was some of that, a little bit throughout throughout all of the games this weekend but yeah San Diego just somehow looking better even when they've got like the they heavy like a heavy match load kind of uh week wave is scrappy i think yeah i think that's kind of da- that's even more like dangerous i think when you're looking at teams who are considered contenders a uh, shout out to beach dog scout i think when you've got a team that is well-coached and full of, you know, good and smart players uh, who are able to go out there and execute the different types of of tactics that their coach is kind of ironing out and rolling out for them. Uh, The fact that they can go out there and win kind of a gutsy game, I think it just kind of says a little bit more about the team, too. It just kind of says, like, oh, not only are they smart and cool and intelligent uh, on the ball and in the pitch, uh, but when maybe you have to win a not so pretty game of soccer kind of had to win play a little bit of ugly soccer to to win you can go ahead and do that um maybe the depth coming down uh to, to be a little bit of the x factor uh in this one Sophia jakobsen mackenzie doniak subbed into the game uh and end up being the two goal scorers in this one so you hate to maybe kind of just be like well just kind of perhaps came down to a coach's battle but stoney taking this one
0: Yeah. um, Opta had that cool stat last night, right? I think the wave, this is kind of incredible for an expansion side. They've had the most goals scored by substitutes over the last, since the beginning of last season than any other team in the league. I think um, with the two last night, it was a total of 10. Um, Pretty incredible to think of an expansion team being the team that has all the scoring subs, but yeah, the way that, that Stoney found a way to rotate through the week, I think was really helpful. I think, what can you say about, you know, what Naomi Gurma does in the back? Like, like Angel City had their chances, right? And I think that yeah. you have to look at LA not quite having that focal point, you know, forward. Obviously, Alyssa Thompson is working into her um, professional career. But yeah, I think whenever, and this has kind of been the of this whole time, right? Which is that if you defend well, you give yourself a chance. And then if you put the right people on, then you take those chances. And that's how yep. you end up, you know, snagging a, a scoreline like this one.
1: In, in the the game with this one, we heard a lot from the coaches and then even the players within it about the arrival of Ertz and, and how a player like that can impact some things. And but we also heard a lot uh, about Alyssa Thompson, uh Casey Stoney at one point saying, like, did we stop Ertz? Because we probably got Naomi Germa. Love to hear that. But uh yeah, love a love it, love a defensive performance, uh, honestly, uh between between these two teams. But uh San Diego very quickly um kind of establishing themselves as the dominant uh, presence in this rivalry between these two teams but I like that this was also a very early um look at these two teams uh, they're going to play each other again during the challenge cup they are going to play again in the regular season um that's going to be it's going to be interesting when we get down to a date between these two teams where maybe someone not even just Juilliards, but even someone and, like, Alyssa Thompson has even more games, like, under her belt and how it's going to look uh, down the stretch. But, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a 2-0 loss. It's it's no points for Angel City. But I th- I think it, even Julie Ertz alluded to this in, in her post game comments last night where she was just like, I hate to lose so much. Like, she even stuttered as she said it a little bit, but was like, this was really special, like that they are going to build something together here.
0: I And I don't think by any means that it was a by their own standards a bad Angel City performance. Like I, I think that it's easy to look at the score line and be like, oh, Angel City let this one slip. And they did. I mean, I think there was a little bit of a mental, mental element at play. But um yeah, I think the Angel City has some stuff to look forward to. Like I said, I think a lot of things snapped into place with Ertz. But um yeah, the the goal scoring, I think they still just sort of have to figure out the balances of who's making those runs and who's taking those shots. And eventually they'll have to start to fall.
1: I'm with you. Let's uh let's maybe pivot from a rivalry to a team that's Turning a corner, maybe, uh, talking about Kansas City Current versus Orlando Pride. Uh, in our preview for this one, I chose The Current uh, to take all three points, and they delivered. So shout out to KC for making me two for two right now for, for these picks, but a 2-0 win over Orlando Pride. So we're referring to this as turning a corner for teams who are turning a corner. But when we we're previewing it, we were looking at it as teams who really need points. Um, so it was cool to see these two teams uh, meet head to head in regular season action as they both kicked off their Challenge Cup round one uh, series in the midweek games where there were those five games for Challenge Cup. And it just it, it definitely just felt like Challenge Cup maybe kind of came at the right time for both of these teams. And I was really eager to sort of see how the two of them were going to look against each other coming out of a tournament where they got results. So Kansas City picking up a win in their Challenge Cup matchup in Orlando pride, uh, hanging on and had to set having settle for a draw, unfortunately, but results, right? I think that's the the key, the key word there. Something coming out for the pride is maybe they have finally settled in on a keeper at this point And Carly Nelson. We saw her get uh, a start again. And for the current, we're continuing to see, uh, the growth of Dabinia with her new club, which I think if that was one of your, Or if your main uh, key free agent target, you got to be happy that uh, she is getting on the scoreboard and getting more acclimated to uh, the current and her teammates around her. But second game uh, under their interim head coach, uh, Carolyn Kwabalam. So a draw or two wins, one in challenge cup, one in the regular season. Um but the game the the goals in this one, I think this is where I was alluding to earlier in 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 this uh, the intro where, where I was like, hey, goals coming in the games this weekend, but they're all kind of coming in the second half unless you're Portland. Uh this this game kind of followed that trend, the beanie on the scoreboard in the 64th minute and Kaiser in the 68th minute. Just minutes apart. <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, poor Orlando. Orlando yeah. came into this um with a very conservative game plan, right? They, they were matching numbers in the midfield. They were doing everything they possibly could to basically stop Kansas City from building on that midweek momentum. I think you could tell that Orlando was like, we really need to just try to grind out a result here, maybe nil-nil, nobody scores. And they did that for the first half, right? They successfully gummed things up in the middle they made Debinha kind of have to pull too much out of space they you know Kansas City had some trouble turning that forward progression into serious chances on goal and then i think yeah i think the fatigue just hit in the second half and Kansas City did that thing and and they mentioned this on the broadcast and i think it's a little bit simplistic but also a little bit true which is that we saw the the current of 2022. Sometimes you just start to feel like they were like running downhill as the game went on, right? They would just build on this momentum. They'd build in belief and they'd start trying things. And I think when they moved Haley Mace forward a little bit more and she got into the attack and then obviously we saw CeCe Kaiser have a very good midweek game. I think there was a little bit more of just a little bit of confidence in goal there uh, or in front of goal. Things start to open up. And when Kansas City is like having fun and trying stuff and not worrying if something is going to go right or wrong, that's when they really shine. And I do think we saw, especially in the last half hour of that game, Kansas City look a little bit more like that team.
1: Question for you I know it's really like early in the season, but like, was this Haley Mace's best game? in the opening five matches for, for Kansas city current, I, I I felt like it was like watching her, her play. I was like, Oh, this is a player that finally looks like comfortable again.
0: Well, one of the issues with the way they were playing over the first four games is that they were asking her to help a lot on defense. Obviously we know that they've had some defensive issues like personnel issues. Right. And so they were asking both her and Kate Del Fava to sit back a little bit more. And even at the beginning of this game, it was a little bit closer to a five back, but then again, once they get a little bit more confident, once they push a little bit more, you get Haley Mace up there, you get Kate Del Fava up there. And they felt comfortable with what the three back was doing, because I do think this was also probably the best performance from those three in the back. Um, then, yeah, then it just opens up. Then the game just really opens up for Haley Mace. And that's when she's at her best, I think. I want to talk about like uh,
1: Orlando pride defensively uh, a little bit. I think this is a team that has been conceding a a lot of goals in the early phases of the regular season here, but coming out of their challenge cup match and then now coming out of this, this two zero loss against Kansas city. There's a lot of, we've been talking a lot about how there's a lot of young faces and, and young pieces for Orlando. And this is going to be, probably a little bit of a long-term project for them. But I think when you've got games, two, two games like this, and I'm inclu- including the, the midweek Challenge Cup game with this loss, that there are uh, some things here that you can kind of circle and say, these were good. We want to continue to build on this. We want to continue to do this. I really, really appreciated Emily Madrill and her candor in the post-game when she was asked about specific mistakes that are leading to, to full-on goals in, in some of these games and just kind of her – Kind of her perspective of it, where she just straight up was like, F it. Like, there's going to be mistakes in a project like this that we're doing and uh, that they can't really get too stuck on that. And I liked this performance that she had in Challenge Cup. I thought it was one of those moments where it's like, okay, I'm here, I'm getting, I've gotten adjusted to, to this level of play, got three weeks on Rebel, and now we're starting to see here and Strom as well kind of be um, this kind of budding duo a, a little bit. I, I, there's, I still think there's going to be some rough scorelines uh, for, for this team uh, in a year like this, but it, if you've got young players in your mix and they are all sort of bought in and locked in and kind of uh, what it sounds like on the same page and when they're using the same kind of wording and phrasing and things like that I think that's an important part of of a rebuild for Orlando as they continue to try to take those steps. Um so I'm I'm hopeful for them. I don't know if there's any if there was like any of the newer names and newer faces that you were looking at in Orlando where you're just like they're going to be all right.
0: Yeah, I think I, I think that their defense is going to be fine. I think that there's sometimes a little bit of an unnecessary negative focus on the defense itself. And I think that um, the structure in front of them, if that was working a little bit better, they wouldn't find themselves under pressure late as often as they do. Um, I I would say that the one thing that, that worries me about Orlando was it seemed like when they did go down, they really just didn't have a well to draw from. So once plan A wasn't working, it seemed like, you know, they had sub Marta off, they needed eventually to sub Ali Watt off, like in those subbing patterns, they just didn't really have an answer. I like Michaela Clough. I think that she's an excellent player. I like Julie Doyle. I think they do still have some of these young players, these young attacking players that can play make and can create chances but i think what you get the danger that you get into is you get into this dead zone where they're not really helping in the defense and they're also not really helping in the attack and so that's where i would be like just let them go let them push forward be like we're gonna have some gaps in the middle of the pitch that's fine that's who we have that's our personnel right now defense is gonna learn some stuff but let's see if we can get numbers forward and and score some goals because i think that that is the piece that needs to come for them
1: Love that, Coach Claire, coming through. Appreciate it. We've got two more games to go through and give a recap for everyone joining us. Please stick around after a quick break. Let's go! It's the most all-star-studded challenge ever, and this time it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All Stars, new season now streaming on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. All right, two more games to get through. Thanks for hanging out with us this morning, everybody. Drop us. Uh, what do I want you to drop us in the chat to say hello? I want you to drop us, drop us a soccer ball in the chat if you're joining us after the break, because we got to talk about some goals. We got to talk about a smackdown that we'll Lane on. Chicago Red Stars it is a 5-2 victory for OL Reign. They pick up all three points. Chicago on the road, it was a tough day at the office. Two in first time in history that there's two players that each nodded a, a brace, Balser with goals in the 15th and 20th minute in this one. Jess Fishlock in the uh, forty uh, forty five stoppage time of the first half for a goal, and then also the final goal, of the seventy six minute. But uh, Aaron Wright and Ali Schlegel getting goals for the Red Stars. Megan Rapino getting on the scoreboard in this one for the Rain as well. But seven goals. Um, I it's very, uh, very silly of me. I had this as a draw um, because I again, I just went off of like history between these two teams. Um, yeah. Couldn't have been further. <laughs> couldn't have been more off than, than, than I anticipated. I even, I thought at one point that it was going to be narrow, but something's happening. I think for the Chicago Red stars, when, it, when we're looking at some of these score lines, uh, because even though we're still really early in the season, turns out really heavy score lines featuring the Chicago Red stars is something that is becoming an, Early trend for this team, uh, opening fifteen minutes on the road, seeing a goal—not great, not great here.
0: Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think right. I think we saw it's like glass half, glass half full, glass half empty for Chicago a little bit. Some of these goals were kind of soft. They gave up some soft goals this weekend, um, and I think sometimes you can be like, "Well, soft goals won't happen again. It's not a structural issue. We're fine." This one, it looked a little bit more like your structure is causing you to give up soft goals. So um yeah. yeah, it was interesting, right? Cause Chicago was one of the teams that did not play over the midweek. So they you would think theoretically, yes, they have the the cross country travel, but they would look a little bit sharper, would a little look a little bit more ready to go. But I think right from from the very beginning, the the tone that was set was that the rain looked ready for this match <clears throat> and, and Chicago looked a little bit like they were stuck on the team bus uh, for the first 15 minutes.
1: I uh, I want us to stick on the the structure a little bit because for folks who are new to you therefore are probably new to us but you and I have watched the red stars for a little while now in fact back in the day and even now we still do a red star specific podcast we're just two gals from Chicago who are Friends, homies, and colleagues. yes, Yeah, CHO Um, And we chat about the Red Stars. So we, like, often take a look at these games with a little bit of a, a more focused lens. And this was definitely the game, I think, for both you and I. When we were just like, okay, this system isn't exactly working at this point. And uh, I think you've got a second consecutive season here for the Red Stars where we're, we're looking at them. In what they are trying to 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 have as a fluctuating three back, but it is a, a pretty pretty standard three back, and it's not necessary. It works in like st- stretches of a game, but I don't think we've seen it in four weeks now, over four games, to where it has actually worked over the course of ninety minutes for this team. And what I think we've noticed out of this game. Is that it is really making things difficult on the pitch for uh, some of the individual star players that they have. When you think of players, uh, uh, Casey Kruger, or Turner Davidson, or Alyssa Nair, for that matter, uh, these tough score lines, these are players who are looking ahead possibly to a World Cup. I gotta imagine that maybe at some point you're like, man. This is not a game I want to remember. As Dingus points out, you hope Nayer just forget about, gets about the game. Yeah, I mean, not just Nayer. I I hope, uh, you know, I hope a lot of players maybe forget about that game. And yeah. I think if you're, if you're Old Rain, maybe you don't forget about that game. Maybe you're like, hey, we're awesome. This is what we can do for everyone who says that we can't score goals. We can. Look at this score line.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the rain did some really nice things. Yeah. Um... I thought she didn't make it on the scoreline, but I thought Jordan Heidema had a very active match. I think when, you know, you you pull space like that, um, you're going to have a good time. But yeah, I mean, sometimes it seems too simple, but the rain put four players on the front line and Chicago had three on their back line. And there were just overloads, constant overloads. And I think... um, even the funny thing is those overloads weren't necessarily always the, the situations that led to the goals. Like if you look at, you know, the, the Pinot goal that was off a of free kick, you look at um that first goal that was off of just a quick restart out wide. Um, and and Chicago had numbers back, but there's no real fluidity to the formation right now. It really is like a three, sometimes it's like a three, two, three, you know, two. Sometimes it's like a it, it's no matter what, you're just not seeing a lot of help. the back line and so last year when you had teams go okay we'll put four on the back line there was some stretching there were some some slight changes that they would make to make sure that that wouldn't constantly just turn into four against three this weekend though we really just saw four against three a lot I think when we saw Houston in the second game of the season it was four against three a lot um and yeah I think you're starting to see some of the mental strain because you're seeing some uncharacteristic mistakes from some very good very good players
1: a game like this for a player uh, like Megan Rapino working her way back into form. Thumbs up, sideways thumbs, jury's still out. She's still working she's still working her way back obviously. Um, but we're looking at these players who are kind of making that push for a World Cup. but coming into this game in a late in a late second half and then doing what she does on a set piece, does that just make her case even stronger in your opinion?
0: biggest thing is just minutes, right? I mean, it's been a very slow minutes build. I was just looking at this last night. Um, it was like 12 minutes, 18 minutes. (laughs) I think, I think this weekend she got maybe 30, 32 minutes. And so they're not, they're not pushing quickly. They're not, um, adding in like increments of 15. They're really adding just very, very slow minutes build. Um, but the flip side of that, and we've seen this in the past, and this is kind of the same thing that she did before the 2021 Olympics was, because they are being really conservative with her minutes she is effective in them and so they're not putting her in situations where she's going to have to run a lot or she's going to have to to stretch the the fitness element so i think it's difficult to say um though the u.s seems committed to using her in a very similar way but yeah i mean i think i think her dead ball delivery like her her corner kicks have been excellent i thought that her free kick delivery obviously that forced forced that goal um yeah. So, my whole thing with Megan Rapino is we know what she can do, and a lot of that stuff she can do well, but we know now she can do it all for 32 minutes. Great. Yeah. Well, you know, I yeah. need to keep building that up because I think if you've uh, taking a 30 minute player is always going to be a risk, but I think that it's a risk where we know the parameters of it. I think.
1: Yeah. I think we're talking about like a couple of players. We talked about Ertz early on, and we didn't even mention that maybe we saw her go from a national team performance from like. 30 minutes to a full 45, and she went about 75 just the night before. And then uh we're looking at Megan Rapinoe kind of with a slower build up to, to some of those minutes. I like that. You're like right now we see a 32-minute player. That's it's
0: it's excellent. funny to look at it's it, it yeah. is just like 10, 18. Yeah, we're 20, getting there.
1: Just <laughs> we're getting there. We're all yeah. in this together. Yeah. You know who else really was in it together? Really through the storm, quite literally, was New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC and North Carolina Courage. Rain delays, weather delays in this one, but uh, that didn't stop Lynn Williams. The lone goal, game-winning goal, coming from Williams in the 80th minute, a 1-0 scoreline in this one. Gotham picking up all three points. What a long game. I did, in fact, at one point, at one point when, because I believe Portland and Racing Louisville, it's a it's a bad man shirt. Come on. Lucy saying Sandra Rock in the Gotham shirt. Um, whatever makes you all happy, of course. Um, I think at one point when all the games were kicking off on this day, Portland and Louisville were actually the last game to kick off. But even when that game was done, I did go back and try to check the stream just to make sure that, in fact, Gotham and North Carolina were actually over because this game took forever to actually get going. Uh, tough tough to ask uh, a team to stay loose, stay ready in such a lengthy weather delay. When the lightning strikes, the game gets delayed, and that's what we ran into in this one. But I think with with the delays, even I was like, well, Gotham's going to take this late in the game, right? Because that's what they do. Weather delay or not, that's how their goals have happened for this team this year. I, I We're not seeing Gotham uh, as one of these teams who's going to get strike you really, really early and kind of bust open the game with the, within the opening 15 minutes. But I think that's okay for right now in these early phases of the season uh, with their new head coach, uh, Juan Carlos Amoros, and to sort of what they are trying to build there over the course of the regular season. I don't know if this is going to be a team in the final four weeks of the season versus the first four weeks of the season where we're going to see them still kind of have to go over a long – long roadmap to get to a goal in late second half stages. But I think if you've got Lynn Williams, you've got a good shot to go ahead and pick up all three points.
0: Well, and I think you got to give like a kudos to the defense, right? I think they used to have, it's kind of the, they used to have the Orlando problem that we were just talking about, right? Which is the, um, the attack would struggle like the Gotham attack last year was, was troublesome. And, and then that put un, unnecessary uh, pressure on their back line. And then the back line would concede and people will go, what's wrong with the back line. And it's like, well, it's like a whole thing. And so I think you're seeing the opposite flow, which I think is, is important for them. They, they've really, I found something that works for them on defense. Um, and then, yeah, they have the playmakers that they need. I mean, Yasmin Ryan had an excellent game I thought. Um, yeah. yeah. And as you said, if you just keep working into it, if you stay calm, that's the other thing that's been really impressive to me about Lynn Williams so far this season is, you know, she's back from a long-term injury. It's been a while since she's seen consistent professional minutes, but every single one of her strikes so far this season have just been like, it's like the matrix. Like she sees the game slow down, she places things really, really well. So they're unsavable. Um, and, and I think that that is maybe a good encapsulation of some of the difference in mentality for Gotham this season. They just seem calm. They seem like they really are trusting the process and it helps when you're getting results early, which they are, which also makes sense because they've got this balance of, um, of league veterans that, that are able to put things together quickly as well as some younger players. So yeah, I've been really impressed by Gotham.
1: I, uh, I really appreciate the, the body language. I don't think, uh, you know, folks maybe look at that sometimes, maybe sometimes they don't. But I think watching this team kind of go through what they went through last year, where they were just grinding through everything just to ultimately lose games, it's tough. That's tough on the mentals, I think, going through a course of a long season like that. And even even when it maybe feels like, when you're watching the game where it's just like, oh, like how's this going to turn out is... Is someone gonna squeak in a in a in a late shot? I mean, we just saw Denis O'Sullivan crush Orlando Pride from outside the box. Is that what it's gonna come down to in a game like this? But no, that's not what it came down to in a game like this. Um, I think that's a little bit of a we're seeing that little bit of a difference from last year that this is this is a Gotham T that's going to somehow figure out a way to actually squeeze out that result versus just sort of passing away, like, <laughs> be like some because again, that grinding stuff on the mentals and. Sometimes you're just like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with this. I've ran for 89 minutes and no longer want to run. I get it. Um, who who really wants to do that unless you are a very talented player in the NWSL? But uh, all three points and Gotham is uh, making some noise early, I think, uh, in terms of any of the off season content that we were doing, right? Like what is Gotham going to look like? Like, will they actually be containers? Blah, 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 right? All of those things that we were pushing out on our, on our, on our very uh, respectable, respective websites. Um, but I like that. I like that. They're kind of making some noise early and maybe doing it in a way that people didn't a hundred percent anticipate.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it, it's still early days, right? It's still yeah. early days. And I think when you talk about, right, winning games late, I'm sure they'd rather have things a little bit more under control earlier. Yeah. And, um, we did see them have some trouble with, with the rain who are a very good team. But, uh, mm-hmm. but when you're coming off of the season that they had last year, I think that what happens later is influenced by what happens right now. And so the more you can get that buy-in brand new coach, a little bit of a new squad set up. Um, yeah, I think that these, these games are important, whether or not, you know, uh, Gotham ends in the top four, but I do think they are absolutely playoff contenders with this group.
1: Right on. Like it. Like it. Let's let's uh, let's pause there for a second. We've still got some games to recap. We'll be right back after a quick break.
0: The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to fantasy baseball today. Part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.
1: We're back. And believe it or not, after four weeks, there are still a few teams in NWSL who are unbeaten. So let's talk about two of them right now. We're going to talk about Washington Spirit versus Houston Dash. <laughs> the only goal to have no goals in this weekend uh, with 0-0 scoreline, but splitting the points, and these two teams can still say that they're unbeaten in this one. Not going to lie, uh, went with the Spirit. I thought that the return of Trinity Rodman was going to maybe lead to some uh, some breakthrough goals in this one, and, and it wasn't for lack of effort by no means. Uh, I thought this was a pretty fun one of those – one of those more fun uh, zero zero score lines that you take a look at sometimes, but not today. Houston and, and Houston and Spirit said, you know what? We're going to do each other solid. We are both going to remain unbeaten. No goals in this one. But I loved uh, I loved the return of Rodman. I think um, it is. It's, it's very early in the season, but part of it. Being very early in the season means you get to maybe have some fun a little bit with some of your um, analysis and stuff like that. And for me, I just um I'm just so impressed with with Robin at the start of the season. She's got early MVP stuff for me.
0: Yeah. Um Yeah. I thought in this game, then this is the Trinity Robin experience. A lot of times is yeah. the, the ball will be somewhere anywhere the, doesn't matter and then they'll do this switch they'll do this switch over to robin's side and suddenly she'll just be running in like acres of space and you'll be like first of all how did this happen how did she get all of this space and then she she moves so quickly sometimes she'll cut end line sometimes she'll cut inside um and i think we saw that over and over and over and over again in this game um alicia chapman i think had her hands full but i thought did a nice job um and then yeah for for the for the spirit it did just seem like it was like the final ball final pass wasn't quite there i think you had rodman try to find sanchez a couple of times and it just didn't quite connect same with hatch um but I, I really like both of these teams though they just really seem um very sturdy in their setup and it's pretty remarkable to see that from washington just so uh or not that far removed from from where they were last season and the dash has been a little bit of a longer project but um yeah, this. I think we talk a lot about the front lines of these two teams, right? You've got Ordonez, Sanchez, Salmon for for Houston, and you've got Rodman, Hatch, and and Sanchez for um, for Washington. And yet, this was a little bit of a of a defensive battle, and and defense defense won out. So I think that promising signs, I think, for the long term future of both teams. But yeah, this one was was a bit of a grind, a little bit of. a grind.
1: You got to have your goody grinders, right? We saw some, again, there were some matches that we saw look and feel a certain kind of way uh, because of the Challenge Cup games that kicked off. And maybe this was the one uh, perhaps that felt most like the the whole concept of like, oh, two of these teams just played a game on Wednesday kind of energy. Um, And I think some other games you can maybe kind of point to certain lulls of a game and say, these as well but probably this one more than any of them but uh yeah shout out to everyone in their comments in the chat on on this particular game thought Ashley sanchez uh had another good game thinks she again adjacent to rodman showing a lot of great things once more for for the spirit but um sullivan uh getting that start i think in the challenge cup game uh and then getting some time uh and this one kind of showed um show that there were some some open looks in the midfield, or maybe some you know some falling sometimes. it It happens, I think, in in a game like this. But um on the Houston Dash side of things, uh, I thought it was another good game for uh, their attacking trio. Um, yeah, I, again, I just think sam lady and and what that team is trying to work towards um is very exciting. And I think it's only going to get better as the as the season continues uh, to 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 get longer and sort of hit those hit those windows of time in the schedule where we're going to start to see players really try to make statements where I think we're going to start to see that now, like where Challenge Cup is in full swing. Um, there's a couple months out from World Cup rosters that are going to be named. And it's not just for the United States. It's for players all over the world and there's a lot of those players who play in NWSL and I just sort of feel like a team like the Dash and the way in which they're set up, they have a very unique opportunity in front of them um, because they've got a couple of attackers who will not be going to a World Cup. You've got someone in NBD7 who's going to try to make a case uh, and probably be motivated by that uh, and I think there were, some concern, like, there were some concerns. I was one of those people, I'll put myself on blast, that maybe had concerns like how is this actually going to Like, How is the arrival of Diana Ordones? Uh, what that's what that's gonna mean for somebody like a salmon and but we're starting to see some things here
0: yeah I mean I still think I think for better or for worse I think it's the right system but I do think that ebony salmon is displaced a little bit by the way that where she is and, and that's it's it's working right mm-hmm. and they're they're generating chances I think you need ordonez in the center they they did a little bit more of a, a fluid attack uh, this week tried to get salmon in a little bit further central but she's had an adjustment period I think yeah. to being further wide um but I think that she is she's still contributing a lot. She's doing a lot of off the ball movement. She's again, pulling space. She's uh, progressing the ball. Well, but yeah, I just, for whatever reason, the shooting has just sort of failed her. Um, from, from her positioning. And I just think that's from being in a new position. Um, they also pulled Maria Sanchez back a little bit, right. At the beginning in this game, they had her sit behind the front line, do a little bit more playmaking. Um, and they put, uh, they put Peterson in on the left. And so I think that that's an interesting look as well. I know they did a bit of that with Michelle Prince last year. Um, so yeah, I think the coolest thing with Houston is they've got options, right. And, um, the biggest thing is just playing into those strengths. I think sometimes Houston wants to go very fast and, and sometimes that's helpful and sometimes it's not. And I think we saw both sides of that in this game. Um, But yeah, I think they have to be really excited about what they're building down there.
1: Let's talk, uh, let's talk about a win. Let's close out with a win here and another team that's unbeaten, Portland Thorns picking up all three points against racing Louisville. The other team that entered into week four as an undefeated team, but Louisville suffers their first loss after picking up three draws to start the regular season. Thorns, man, they are something else. Getting on the scoreboard early, early in this one. Two minutes. It takes Sophia Smith all but two minutes to find and link up with her teammates, Christine Sinclair, putting the finish on that one in two minutes. Weaver extending the scoreline and stoppage time of the first half. That was all they needed. They got, they, they said, okay, we're done checking out, clocking out for the day. We did what we were supposed to do in the first half. And we will take those three points. Thank you. Have a nice day.
0: I think the thing that people should, that opponents should be a little bit like about is it felt like Portland really came in still kind of pissed about Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you could just kind of tell they were like hated that oh, didn't like Red. that at all.
1: How does how does how do the reigning champions find motivation? Well, turns out it's yeah. not hard. They yeah. hated they, not having a win.
0: Yeah, they don't like they don't like losing. So, um, yeah, I think that they're playing with a little bit of an edge. I think that they they it's the fact that the the squad has was so consistent from last year to this year. I think is a huge part of it. They know each other. They know each other really well. Christine Sinclair takes the you know she takes some time off last weekend she plays midweek and then she's able to score early thought Morgan Weaver had another very good game obviously Sophia Smith is just playing on a, on another level you know she's she's like player of the month for me um easy uh and and then yeah they almost had three and then got 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 a, got a goal pulled back but and the funny thing too is I thought Louisville looked mostly fine I I didn't think that Louisville got like run out of the game I think that Portland is just a, a, a cut above right now
1: so I was gonna say this. This let's talk about the the Louisville side of things for for a second. I in my preview, I for the pick, I, I went with Portland, but it was one of these things where it's like we're talking about at this point who are the undefeated teams, and Louisville was one of these teams where it's like they've got a lot of exciting players on their team right now. They're having fun. It looks like when they're playing soccer, a lot of these matches, which are two really good components for I think a neutral person if they're watching watching the game, uh, but They had some trouble kind of finding the win, securing three points in some capacity. And I was just like, I just kind of feel like going up against Portland, they're still going to struggle to do that. And they're actually going to get their first loss. And that's that ended up being what happened. But but racing Louisville these first four weeks in the season, are we going to see them take this first four week, even Challenge Cup week performance and eventually turn this into a win? Somewhere in the near future, whether it's week five or week six, even like within this within this opening quarter of the season,
0: I do think so. Yeah, I mean, I think that their their schedule has been a little bit challenging to to start the year. Um, I think the The thing for me with Louisville is they have really, really talented players on like every line. I think we also saw you know, Katie Lund have another very good game you know, they've they've got the goalkeeper. they've got the center backs. they've got they've got excellent midfielders. They've got players who can store score up top. It's it still just as a little bit, I think putting it all together um for a full ninety minute performance uh. And I think they should want that. I think this is a group that should want more than than draws, should want more than competing. I think that they can take that next step and start sort of imposing their style of play on the game. I think maybe that's maybe my final piece of it is sometimes Louisville still just seems kind of reactionary and they work very hard and they move the ball well when they're on the counter, but it always feels a little bit like racing is still reacting to what's happening in front of them and sort of deferring to the other team in terms of what kind of game it's going to be. It's that next step. Okay, here's how we want to play. Here's how we're going to move the ball and here's how we're going to score. And I think that that, I I do think they'll put that together though. I I like this group. I really do like this roster.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, I'm always curious about how they're going to look on their game. I've I've found that they are a team that I'm very curious about, like when they drop that starting 11, when they're getting ready to take the pitch and what we're going to see from them. But um, just to close out, pivoting back to, to Portland, I want to, in case people don't know, Um, You are an iconic tweeter. Let's just put it like that. And I loved your uh, tweet about Adonofsky in in the game, uh, watching Portland versus Louisville and just saying like, hey, that's Sophia Smith. Good at soccer. Two assists in this one. Mm -hmm. Does Sophia Smith just need to show up and then that happens?
0: it's really interesting. Right. I mean, I think you look at it, We, we've, we talk about this all the time, I think with forwards. Right. And it, and we remember that uh, Sophia Smith is only 22. I think almost 23 um, was always very prolific at, at dribbling really good at moving the ball. Uh, her shooting has improved. I think we saw last year, right. was when that, that shooting part really clicked at the yeah. professional level. Um, and then it feels like this year is the, the other stuff, right. The, the off the ball, the, the facilitating, the really trusting a player like Morgan Weaver, you can see the mind meld she's got with Crystal yeah. Dunn, just like at all times. I think those two are playing really well together right now. Um, and that's always really exciting to see. Cause I do think that you see that progression a lot with the maturation of a striker of like, they already have these attributes and they lean into those and then they get really calm in front of goal and they become a finisher. And then this final piece of they don't have to just be going for goal every time they can be looking for teammates around them. They can be facilitating. And I think, yeah, getting, getting those assists in. Yeah. <laughs> just circling her name. That yeah. was what I was imagining. Yeah. Just Vlatko just,
1: yeah. If you're joining us live, just uh, shout out to our producer yeah. does. He found Claire's tweet about Vlatko and and, yeah. and just saying, Hey, just taking it all in with yeah. the watchful eye and one eye ahead of naming that final roster. I don't know. I think this Sophia Smith might be going to the World Cup. IDK. IDK. We'll see. Uh, Yeah, all three points belong to Portland, uh, have looked like the absolute best team in the league, the team to beat the reigning champions in the opening four weeks of this season. I think the bigger headline will be if, when and if it does happen, who is the team that's going to actually deliver them that, that first loss, but let's take a look at these standings to close out and wrap up the episode. We're nearing, like I said, maybe that first quarter of the season before we got another, maybe week five will be like the actual first quarter of the season, but After uh, this, I think three weeks here, I think this was last week, so I think if you're joining us live, uh, we've got seven points, seven points for Houston, excuse me, for Portland and Washington, San Diego Wave, um, going ahead and and claiming their stake in things as well. So I think it's still pretty narrow, uh, still pretty early to talk about. You know, who's gonna be where, who's gonna land where. But uh Portland Thorns with 10 points, Oil Rain with nine points, San Diego Way with nine points, those are the top three in the standings for now. Um, I'm comfortable with those top three. I think they're gonna be in some way, shape, or form battling for the shield. I wouldn't be surprised if uh if we continue to see those those main t- those teams kind of steal the headlines, uh, at least in the lead up to the World Cup. I don't know what it's gonna look like kind of during or post but uh we'll keep an eye on it for sure but that's it for the games uh we don't have any more to recap and that means my time with you today is done homie so thank you so much for joining
0: uh me today i hope you had fun did you have fun on attacking third clark i did have fun on attacking third i had a blast you know i love talking to you sandra on mic or off (sighs) friendship For the win, everybody, uh,
1: make sure you send a wave to Claire Watkins in the chat because uh, we are going to close out the episode. But before we do, make sure you subscribe to her newsletter with Just Women's Sports. All you need is an email. You just go over there subscribe and you will get access to one of the greatest newsletters out there and guess what it's just about women's sports Just
0: women's sports three days a week monday wednesday friday you're getting us you're getting nwsl you're getting WNBA. you're getting whatever's going on with the ncaa transfer portal you're just getting you're getting all of dropped
1: it dropped in my yeah. inbox today i saw golf i was That's like right. love yes golf it. yep love to see it and yep. love to see you as always buddy thank you for joining me today thanks everyone in the chat and uh our listeners for listening to attacking third download, follow, listen to us anywhere. You get your podcast. You can watch us too. subscribe to us on YouTube to get alerts for whenever we go live at youtube.com slash attacking third. And we'll be back with more NWSL coverage this week. So make sure you stay tuned for Sandra and Claire Watkins. This was attacking third.